Okay. Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Uh, normal guy, Patrick Remyon, reporting for duty. Welcome to The Academy, and welcome back to the original premise <laughs> of The Academy Academy. What the hell? Aren't we doing a uh, John Badham, uh, yeah. uh, Terrence Davies bracket? <laughs> Barry Levinson is at my house right now like, I thought I was next. <laughs> it was my moment. You were going to do Barry Barry. Yeah, some other director named Barry. Yeah, you're gonna do, you know, you're gonna watch a Barry Levinson movie, then listen to a Barry Manilow record, and then um, <laughs> review the first two seasons of Bill Hader's celebrated television series, Barry. You robbed this from me. Yeah, we can also discuss whether um, legendary slugger Barry Bonds belongs in the Baseball Hall of Fame, despite the fact he's a bit of a cheater. <laughs> but you know what? He's a scamp. We love it. Yeah, yeah. I say. Let them all in. Let What's more in. important, entertainment or integrity? Yeah, it's like Ty <laughs> and Cobb, home runs are entertaining. If Ty Cobb, the world's most evil man, can yeah. be in the, the the Hall of Fame, let Barry Bonds in. A guy, a guy who uh, did a few steroids and brought us a lot of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Versus, you like, know, yeah, what like, are we going to shut Stallone out of the Hall of Fame? Yeah, like every. <laughs> baseball player from like 1910 to like 1975 was named like Gary Lightfoot Norbit and he like worked for the the mob in some capacity. Yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> they like, you know, either were like taking a cut from Meyer Lansky or um, yeah. <laughs> you know, celebrated the fact that they came that their family estate was referred to as a plantation. Yeah. <laughs> It's been around. It's been around a while, you know. Barry Bob's he's at least fun. Yeah, he's I, fine. Yeah. So back to the show. Yeah. We're talking the premise of the show. As you can see, folks, you can see it. Probably you 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 logged in this Tuesday morning. You did not eat, you didn't even say good morning to your no. significant other. You forgot to feed your pets. <laughs> yeah. Because you saw what the title of this episode was, and you're like, I gotta listen. I gotta listen to these two ding dongs for an hour and a half to 2.5 hours. <laughs> Talk about. Yeah, I know your parrot is so hungry, but you gotta, you gotta well, listen to the podcast. I understand. Y- your kid is like, Dad, isn't it time for me to go to school? And you're like, Shut up. <laughs> They're going to talk about Demolition Man. (laughs) Back into your hole. Uh, So, as you can see, we have chosen the third performer to do a full-scale rundown. Deep dive. Of their deep dive of their career. We're going to figure out what is the greatest performance in this actor's career. And we're, of course, talking about Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, I mean, you know, we are underrated. I think, if anything, uh, we've talked about two actors who are properly to perhaps overrated yeah. in, in the initial. And now I'm thinking we're, we're, we're in deeply in the underrated territory. Oh, yeah. This is a guy who is adept at action, drama, and comedy in equal yes. measure, I would say. I would 100% agree. I think uh, he's always very, he's always an entertaining presence when you see him on screen. 
Uh, and it's interesting, like, you know, there was like a genuine period in the 90s where he was like, either he was like a full on A-list celebrity or at the very least he was like on the cusp. Like he was like, he was like at the bubble, like almost there. And uh, it's, it's just, he's always fast. Like I remember, I think the first movie I watched him in was U.S. Marshals maybe. Oh, wow. That This is, uh, we might as well get into it. Your Snipe Saga. Oh, Yes. The Snipes saga. So U.S. Marshals was your first introduction to Wesley Snipes. Of course, uh, 1998 sequel to The Fugitive. Uh, this one, of course, featuring Tommy Lee Jones, but not Harrison Ford. Mm, sorry, Harrison. No go. That'd be so uh, funny. I, I never saw U.S. Marshals. Robert Downey Jr. is in that, too. Yeah, uh, U.S. Marshals. And they bring back all the um, like side characters from The Fugitive there. I mean, like they bring back Joey Pantleono, uh, Pantleono and uh, Samuel Jackson's wife, who's I think it's like Latoya Jackson. Uh, Everyone who was on Tommy Lee Jones's team. Yeah, the squad. His squad mm-hmm. is back. Uh, better than The Matrix, I'd say. Everyone gets uh, everyone gets <laughs> got in that one. All that, <laughs> the whole damn squad gets got. That R.I.P. Mouse. <laughs> R.I.P. Mouse. You- <laughs> We, do, we hardly knew you. Uh, yeah. um, 98 was same year as Blade, too. Yeah, which I've never, I've actually never seen Blade. So I'm super Wow. Excited. I've never seen Exciting. it. Yes. Exciting. Yeah. So, so uh, what, when you saw him in U.S. Marshals, though, did you, what did you, what did you think? Did you, were you the exciting guy? I liked him. I liked him in U.S. Marshals. Uh, that movie, uh, you know, it was fine. Uh, it wasn't like the best, but I remember, you know, being pretty entertained by his performance. Uh, I think the film that I most remember, like, or the, or the film with, like, the Wesley Snipes performance I most enjoy personally would probably honestly be a uh, more recent film. It'd have to be Dolomite is his, my name. I think it's that's... a comeback vehicle, if you will. Yeah, because, like, I... I watched that maybe like two years like when it came out like two years ago and was just thoroughly impressed by his performances like Derville Martin I didn't realize mm-hmm. he had that level of uh range like that was like a genuinely like it could have been an Oscar nominee not that that matters I, mean, I had him on I had him on my personal short list I thought he could have been nominated for best supporting actor for that one as well I thought he was wonderful in the film super super funny um also very very funny in coming to America the yeah. uh so the sequel that came out um yeah. earlier in 2021 also he crushes it in King of New York <laughs> oh yes yeah. yes we'll go back in time to 1990 and yes he's, <laughs> as we all know we're all fans of King of New York on the Academy Academy um my snipe saga I mean I first got to know him so um, uh, my household, in addition to being movie fanatics, uh, got a lot of sportos Ooh. in my house. And so we like sports and we like sports movies. And uh, 1989's Major League played <laughs> was a uh, Papa Saunderson all-time favorite. Uh, <laughs> you know, we saw it way too young. It is an R-rated comedy, but, uh, you know. We saw it, and uh, he plays the role of Willie Mays Hayes in the film. <laughs> Very memorable character, and you know, from then on, you know, he did just a couple of short years later, White Men Can't Jump, a basketball movie with uh, Woody Harrelson. We were mm-hmm. Cheers fans too, so White Men Can't Jump was on at our house, and then of course, 
you know, what followed were just kind of the action movies, the Passenger 57s, the Demolition Mans, the money train of all movies. <laughs> Demolition um, Man, yes. You know, and he just, when we, I just, anytime he showed up, like, oh, I like this guy. He's fun. He's got an edge. He's, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, you can do anything from kind of the, you know, the villain, just Simon Phoenix in Demolition Man. <laughs> Demolition Man is like another movie that I feel like I've watched that movie. It was on sci fi, I think, in heavy rotation. And I probably watched that movie like three times, but I've watched it like, the way that you would see like a, a clip from McBain on the Simpsons every season. Like mm-hmm. I watched like, I would watch like every three weeks, I would watch 20 minutes of like Demolition Man or whatever it felt like. Have you ever, um, did you ever eat lunch at a Planet Hollywood? Uh, no. Oh, you never went to a Planet? Okay, so. I've, never, I've been hard rock though. I'm a hard rock boy. Okay, so Planet Hollywood, <laughs> um, for those of you who too young to remember sadly uh was a restaurant chain venture headed up by bruce willis sylvester stallone and arnold schwarzenegger uh go online take a look at any of their outfits that they wore to like ribbon cutting ceremonies to open planet hollywoods these are kings of like how about a hawaiian shirt under a planet hollywood letterman jacket uh, fanny packs I mean it's all happening and all these things but every single one of them seemed to have a replica of a naked Stallone in like ice hockey puck thing he's frozen in in um, Demolition Man oh my god (laughs) Barry Stallone put himself naked in every single one of these restaurants (laughs) yeah you know I'm like David (laughs) perfect man all right but uh but yeah, the, I remember that because I had, um, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a movie fanatic. Yeah. I had, I had a couple birthday parties at the Seattle, Washington Planet Hollywood. Hell I remember they yeah. had, they had, um, they had good chicken strips. <laughs> but uh, I don't even know if they had one in Houston. They might have had one in Houston. It, I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't last. So shockingly, it did not last long. I remember the one in Seattle. I was really thrilled by because they had. Um, the crossbow and the jackhammer with a stake on it from from dusk till dawn, Ooh. a movie that mattered a lot to me <laughs> in that time period that I was at go, going to lunches at Planet Hollywood. Uh, but you know, I'm sure there was Snipes memorabilia as well. But yeah, a lot of Demolition Man stuff at every Planet Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but if you look at Snipes's filmography from the late '80s to the mid '90s, I mean. The way he bounces around from, you know, movies like New Jack City to Jungle Fever to The Water Dance to Rising Sun to Drop Zone to Tu Wong Fu to The Fan. I mean, versatile. Just all over the, you know, he was just on fire. And, you know, to get a little into his biography. So um, Wesley Trent Snipes, born July 31, 1962. He turned 60 years old this very year. Wow. Uh, he was born in Orlando, Florida. Um, he is our first uh, first actor we've covered who's also a black belt. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He, he definitely. <laughs> yeah. Not that like Meryl Streep and Al Pacino probably could kick. You know, they could probably kick our asses too. But Wesley Snipes could. Definitely. Wesley Snipes could legitimately, <laughs> at nearing sixty, kick our asses. Yeah, he would murder us. <laughs> so, Which um, is cool. I accept. I embrace it. Yeah, he uh, totally. <laughs> 
you know, just uh, virtuosic talent, both physically and, you know, performatively, um, made his feature debut in 1986 Goldie Hawn vehicle Wildcats also that year. Uh did a uh, played a drug dealing pimp on an episode of Miami Vice. Um, <laughs> Eighty seven, though, he kind of was noticed for the first time because he played Michael Jackson's nemesis in the Bad music video, uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, and uh, Spike Lee, of course, saw that and wanted him for Do the Right Thing, but um, he ended up taking Willie Mays Hayes in Major League ah. instead. But he and Spike, of course, worked together. Multiple times as the years progressed. Um, did you know that he was considered for the part of Jordy LaForge on Star Trek The Next Generation? No fucking way. That's yeah. Insane. That's like, yeah. A, what a world. The world would be so different. It would be. Yeah. And Wesley would have certainly had a much different career. Yeah. Uh, but he basically, you know, by the time he did, he did, by the time he did Jungle Fever, which was in 91, he'd done New Jack City, he had done Mo Better Blues, he'd done King of New York, and he was called by the Washington Post the most celebrated new actor of the season. Whoa! And then he moved into doing, you know, series of comedies, series of action films, series of dramas. He won Best Actor at the Venice Film Festival for uh, One Night Stand. Mm. In 98, he did Blade, which was his largest commercial success. Mm-hmm. Um, He's being replaced in the Blade remake by Mahershala Ali, um, who's a great actor. Yeah, I like him. A little bit of a bummer. We're not seeing Wesley back, but, um, you know, I guess, oh, well, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the machinations of that kind of thing. They should should do like an old man Blade, like Logan, where they retire the character off, have him. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll enter the multiverse and do some okay. bullshit. Yeah, they'll, <laughs> we assure you they'll fly now. Yeah. Um, so, but interest Wesley Snipes <laughs> has got a lot of fun facts about him. <laughs> um, he started a security firm in the late 90s called the Royal Guard of All Men Raw, dedicated to providing VIPs with bodyguards trained in law enforcement and martial arts. What the fuck? Meryl Streep didn't do that. I love that. <laughs> in 2005, he entered into negotiations to fight Joe Rogan on Ultimate Fighting Match, but the deal fell through. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, wow. He, he would have, man. Who knows? I mean, Joe Rogan is also a... Um, yeah. I don't know. They seem to have different fighting styles. Wesley seems a little bit more spelt and quick. Joe Rogan seems a little bit burly and I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're speculating. I'm not. I'm not too interested in the fighting sports, so I don't know a great deal about what the uh, what Vegas odds would have had on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started training in martial arts when he was 12. Mm-hmm. He's a fifth degree black belt in Shotokan karate and second degree black belt in Hapkido. He's also trained in Capoeira, or is that how you say it? The Brazilian martial art? Oh, Capoeira. Um, capoeira. Thank you. And um, and a number of other disciplines, including Kung Fu at the USA Shaolin Temple, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and kickboxing. Jeepers creepers, he could kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Is, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like Wesley Snipes, uh, he, I just watched all the Matrix movies with my family. He could have been a good Neo. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, 
Yeah, I think that he probably by the time the Matrix had come out, I mean, I you know we'll get into some of his ups and downs. Yes, of his career. I remember there was a famous article that, like, because isn't Patton Oswalt in Blade Three? Oh, I remember this story. Yeah, he was, and, uh, he was kind of like so there were some difficulties on set on yeah. that one. Um, <laughs> uh, his his uh, Wesley Snipes' apartment was destroyed in the Twin Tower attack on 9-11. Whoa. Uh, but he was on the West Coast at the time. Uh, he also um, had some difficulties with the IRS. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he was uh, charged in conspiracy to defraud the United States and one count of knowingly and making or aiding and abetting the making a false or fraudulent claim of payment against the United States. Uh, six counts of willfully failing to file federal income tax returns by their filing dates. Um, so he did some, did some battle with the IRS. He ended up being sentenced to three years in prison oh, man. For, for this in 2008. Um, he reported December 9th of 2010 to begin his sentencing and was held in Pennsylvania. Uh, they, the, you, you, in 2011, the Supreme Court declined to hear his appeal. He was released from federal prison on April 2nd, 2013, finishing up a period of house arrest July 19th, 2013. Um, yeah, that, you know, <laughs> that hurts. I, yeah, I would like to do, oh man, I want to read up more on that because it'd be interesting to see like you know, because he's also, he was also, like, indicted, in addition to him, it was also someone named Eddie Ray Khan and Douglas mm-hmm. Stevens. So it's like, you wonder, like, was it Eddie's idea? Or like, someone, I don't want to, it's all allegedly, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I I have a feeling, you know, and our, our Al Pacino ran into, not a similar situation, but Al Pacino did get um, hurt by some, a financial advisor. And that's what led to, you know, the hangman. And things, things of that nature, oh, yeah. a little, oh. and probably Jack and Jill and things of that nature, oh, yeah. you know. Well, um, here, just really, just a cursor, uh, just a cursory Wikipedia click uh, on Eddie Ray Khan goes. Eddie Ray Khan is an American tax protester. That's the first. Oh no! Oh yeah, no! So that's like, so I'm starting to think. I don't know. Maybe and he maybe. ran uh, for profit businesses, Guiding Light of God Ministries, and Eddie Khan and Associates. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and yeah, and he is in prison. Currently, yeah, he is still in jail. He went for he re- ten- yeah, tentatively released in another four years. Um, <laughs> yes, oh, man, I feel bad for Swiss. So I, I think like celebrities that make a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they are also told that they're they have something special that you know, and which I think can lead to levels of playing. But you know, we've seen it in all sorts of. Varying degrees of um, whether it's kind of naive bonehead moves to criminal, truly criminal behavior. Um, I don't know. We don't know the man. It could have been that he was just led by the led down the wrong road by the wrong people who were telling him things. And, you know, it's hard enough. I mean, we're not celebs, but it's hard enough to pay attention to our own finances. I know I can speak for myself. I know about you. Uh, no, I've definitely had moments where, like, I thought I did my taxes perfectly, and then, like, six months later, the IRS is like, "Hey, buddy, you owe an additional uh, hundred, yeah. five hundred, yeah." So, like, it happens. Like, it does, yeah, and it's you know, and it's and getting like a you know extensive IRS bill, you're like, 
oh shoot cool. you know what you know and perhaps, and perhaps Wesley Snipes is like you know I'm just gonna not think about this for a while <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that in the brain in the brain vault <laughs> but it, it put him it put him on the shelf clearly for a couple of years there but you know what's cool is since 2015 he's um, slowly but surely been kind of inching his way back in because he is you know kind of what we're getting at he is this like he's a star he's mm-hmm. got it he yeah. whatever it is he's got it that is like yeah he has magnetism yeah and so 100%. like you know spike lee brought him back for chirac but it really was you know eddie murphy bringing him back into the fold for dolomite is my name yeah and then coming to america and then um Looks like he just did this seven-episode Netflix show with Kevin Hart called True Story, uh, which just came out in November, where he might plays Kevin Hart's older brother. So we, we might have to take a look at that one. Yeah, might have to see. that pod. <laughs> but, um, but I think hopefully, you know, this is the start of something, you know, as he enters his 60s, perhaps a new new stage in his career. Hopefully we can see him in some more dramas. Hopefully um, – you know, I'd love to see Spike Lee give him another bigger part. Yeah. That would be great. You know, I think he still, I don't think you lose it, mm-hmm. whatever it is. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I'm excited to dive in here and take a look at some of these movies. These are different kinds of movies than we have covered on the Academy. I don't think we're going to, we're not going to, have another i don't think he's ever going to be wearing a blazer with elbow patches yeah <laughs> there's, there's no nebbish wesley although man god noah bombeck cast your man wesley well no bombeck i mean i like i think he'd be great in a quentin tarantino movie oh he would cry. um yeah i think that there's there's a lot of filmmakers out there who and i'm sure that they all love him they're fans yeah. as well i mean because these people all have good taste too and, you know, if you, if I don't, you know, he's, he's an exciting guy. And I think that Dolomite really brought that back yes. into all of our eyes that he was this really exciting guy and hopefully it just continues. And I mean, obviously I think, you know, looking at his filmography and I think we'll, we'll, we'll learn about it as we go along. Um, it's interesting how he seemed to really lean hard into being an action hero. Mm-hmm. When it's very clear he's got the chops to do dramas, he's got the chops to do, you know, great comedies and that kind of thing. Um, and I, I, who knows if this was opportunities that Hollywood was providing him mm-hmm. or if it was what he was attracted to. That is like an interesting, because that's the other thing about Wesley Snipes. Is that you know he is like a, an outsider in that regard, which mm-hmm. is like, and it's um, the fact that he was able to break out uh, at a time where it wasn't, you know, I think you know, I think he kind of had his moment even maybe before like Will Smith, for example, or like mm-hmm. other, yeah, like you know, I guess Denzel Washington uh, sort of beat him, but it's like, yeah, he. And it, and it could like, be like a very you know a sad reality in the same vein, like for older actresses. Mm-hmm. There's Meryl Streep and like no one else mm-hmm. is allowed. Yeah. Um, in the same vein, like perhaps this is just a blanket 
assumption, mm-hmm. but perhaps, you know, Hollywood was like, okay, Denzel Washington is the prestige, prestigious black actor. Yes. He's the one. Yeah. And the, you know, inherent, you know, undercurrent of racism. It is legit. Like, yeah, Eddie Murphy is comedy. Denzel Washington is like, and Will, Will Smith is blockbusters. Yeah. And which is not fair. Clearly. No. Not at all. Obviously, I mean that's that's you know it's, it's, it's <laughs> obvious messy. obvious statement of the year. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No. And like yeah. Like yeah. Um. And it's interesting too because I think I read like either it was Passenger Fifty Seven or Boiling Point. Uh. But uh, there was like an interesting comment I read about like Wesley Snipes uh, that Wesley Snipes made about how like oh yeah like so many of these roles or maybe it was One Night Stand actually like so many of the roles that he reads for. Like, or were made for like white people, and like clearly, mm-hmm. like, and so that's like another interesting factor, too. Where, like, it's kind of like how Arnold Schwarzenegger had to play like Howard Slayton or what, like, someone who is like not even like it's weird how, like, um, these scripts you would think, like, if I'm directing a big movie starring, I don't know, Russell Peter, or I don't know, or like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever, right? Like, you would think it would make sense to like do that cursory change the script like you shouldn't like change the script too much but like change the name of the character from like you know steve jones to like steve you know uh jorgen meyer or whatever i think also i mean it's it's obviously there's give and take and the power dynamics are difficult Mm. when it comes to whether you're a director or your writer or your performer or something like that but i remember reading a story like um i was a big fan of the invisible man that came out a couple years ago the one with Elizabeth Moss. Oh yeah. Um, and the director made it clear, like he wrote the script, but the script is about um, a woman under an abusive partner. Yes. So he brought it to her and he said, you know, here's what I've written, but I think perhaps you could provide some more personal, you're going to be doing this. And I am as a man who's never been in this situation, I don't have all of the facts. Yes. I don't have all of the personal the lived knowledge, experience, yeah. lived experience. So bring in the person who's going to be performing the role and helping kind of make maybe, I mean, hopefully not like massive structural changes to the script, mm-hmm. but touches to make it a little bit more. So it isn't Howard Langston, it's Howard, you know, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you know? Exactly, or, yeah. but, but I mean, also who knows how much, you know, some of these actors really care about that kind of thing. Some of them don't. I mean, who knows if Arnold even gave a shit? Oh, yeah. Because just, Arnold wanted to be part of the American. Arnold wanted to be Howard Langston. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> because if Arnold was Howard Langston, he would have been president of the United States. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. That is, that's such an interesting, God, what a, ain't that the truth? That is like a real, that's an interesting deep dive. Maybe one day we'll do with like a and who right knows now. if we are even the people to oh, we don't know. do this intellect, this level of yeah. socio-intellectual conversation. We're going to try our best. Yeah. But um, we will I think it's, up. you know, it's true because there is like this level too of um, in the 90s, oh, maybe it's changed now, but certainly in the 90s, certainly in the 80s, certainly back in time, I mean, who was writing and selling spec scripts mm-hmm. to studios? Yes. It was uh, more often than not 30-year-old straight white dudes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so, 
you know, whoever wrote Demolition Man, whoever wrote Boiling Point, you know, down the line, um, you know, they probably they they live their experience, which yeah. is their experience is watching like Stallone and Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. and or Van Damme or whoever. And so I think that that, you know, that causes trouble when you're trying to be colorblind in your casting, but not really adjusting yes. the story itself. Yeah, although, like, um, I think what's impressive about Snipes is that, you know, he did take a role uh, like Simon Phoenix in Demolition Man. Um, you know, to my knowledge, I don't think that was, like, written specifically for him. Or maybe it was, who knows. But, like, he made it, either way, he made it, like, his own. Like, he's so off-kilter and and uniquely weird it's, in that film. It's, it strikes me as definitely a situation where Stallone is like, yeah, I think I'm, the movie's being stolen from me. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> hey, tone it down a little bit. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, there's a, like, story that, like, earlier Stallone movie when he brought Rutger Howard of the United States to be the villain in Nighthawks, oh, one of my wow. favorites. And you watch Nighthawks, you're like, oh, Rutger Howard is, like, the reason to watch this movie. He's so good. He's so fun. And in the edit, Apparently, Stone was like, I don't know. I think we gotta take a little bit of Rutgers stuff away and give more to me. <laughs> God bless Sylvester. I don't, you know, he's awful, but we love him. <laughs> he's a he's a big dumb piece of meat, and he's yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, even in his case though, it's like to go from being the ultimate underdog to be the ultimate insider. Yeah, weird adjustments. Is, like, yeah, that's that is like, oh god, that's like the thing about we're. I think we're lucky in the sense that we have so much previous knowledge that's that we can learn from. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen the Sylvester Stallones occur, and so I would like to think if any of us ever got like we'd be able to like, kind of like. Although, who knows? Once we get in that situation, maybe I'm you know funding. Well, maybe, I think, I, yeah. I think the only person everyone thinks he's nuts. Tarantino's the only person who seems to be like actively trying to design their history book narrative with this whole like I'm gonna make 10 movies I'm not gonna suck as an old man director mm-hmm. like thing like I I, uh, I heard this interview with Paul Thomas Anderson where they were asking him kind of like oh do you think that Inherent Vice Phantom Thread and Licorice Pizza or like a loose love story trilogy he's like <laughs> I'm just doing what comes to me in the moment. Like, <laughs> like I'm not, you know, yeah. and I think that that is the case from, you know, like in 1995, Wesley Snipes, you know, to Wong Fu came across his desk. Money Train came across his desk. He did a cameo and waiting to exhale. Wow. Like, who knows? That's what came to him. You know, it's like, yep. you know, I mean, you're trying to maintain, that's how you get involved in tax evasion, probably. It's just like, you're just trying to keep up. Yeah. you're just, And also with the pressures of, you know, like we talked about the inherent racism, and, oh, you know, and all that well, that's like, happening is, around you. It is telling that, like, you know, I bet more uh, actors and, you know, other performers have done similar things to Wesley Snipes and have gotten away relatively scot-free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe not to the extent that he did, but I don't know. It, there is something about like it's. Uh, I think it says something that he's probably like 
I'm trying to think of like a more major, you know, because there's, you know, clearly there's other, there's been comparably large stars that have gone to prison, like Robert Downey Jr., but he didn't, he went for drugs. He didn't go for like tax evasion. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but I think that there's also just very, very few people in Hollywood or in any career really who can, um, who have the power and the knowledge to navigate their career to avoid just kind of like, I mean, I think like very like DiCaprio is one of the few people I can think about who's pretty much like he's his he's super selective. He's powerful enough to be super selective, but then when he makes his choices, he kind of makes the right call pretty much each time out. Yeah, and he doesn't work. He doesn't do anything below him, like ever. No. Like he only works with. The biggest names it's like him and brad pitt yeah and even brad pitt though when he like made it in the 90s he was kind of like oh I'll try this out i mean oh, you know yeah. for every seven there's a troy that's Which, and troy was a big hit but it's kind of he's kind of weird playing the russell crowe part yeah. in that movie you know? that's not his yeah it is yeah look just looking at uh just doing a cursor yeah it is crazy that leo had so few misses yeah i mean post titanic he has rarely missed it's like legit like it's just like it's the beach and don's plum those are like the two misses and <laughs> don's plum they won't allow to be released oh wow yeah though that's an entire story itself right <laughs> uh i want to eat but, that plum but for most people i mean we've, we you know we talked about it, one of our favorites elliot gould he had this mm-hmm. moment then he picked a few wrong things and that was that you know sticking around i mean like the other guy was, came to my mind clint eastwood rarely misses he fit he plays within the clint eastwood realm perfect and when he stretches you know he surprises with like bridges of madison county mm-hmm. but i think like it's just really hard and i think with the added element of you know he's getting all the pressure that these kind of what these stars get under and then plus like we said the kind of sy- systemic racism on top of all that you know and hopefully we're pat you know we're moving past this kind of world where a star can make their mistakes regardless of who they you know and all that yeah. kind of thing you know but i mean it's you know it's interesting i mean he fell into this big like before he went to prison kind of straight to direct to video mm. realm and we're hoping to cover on some bonus episodes, some of these direct-to-video titles. I'm excited to watch them. I bet they're. Oh, I bet yeah. that. I bet that he's great. and They're not good. <laughs> would be my guess. So. Yeah. Well, it's like fascinating to watch. Like at this point, too, there is also like this. Um, this is like the intro to the world of like making cheap, horrible movies in Bulgaria. This is like, uh-huh. and it'll be cool to see like the nascent uh, films of that of this new era of cheap schlock because it's interesting like, you know because like you know the set it's funny how like yeah the 60s had like spaghetti westerns and stuff like that because like those were mm-hmm. ostensibly made in italy to be like cheaper yeah. right yeah exactly and so like uh, and it's uh there's there is something interesting how like they've never have we had like our like good bad and the ugly of the genre yet has there been like a well there's i think it's burgeoning i think people are like there is this element that I think people are the two kind of untapped areas are the 
post 2000 direct to video action mm-hmm. and then tv movies in general are kind of the untapped cinephile areas of like what's out there mm-hmm. it seems like tv movies are kind of gonna come first yes in this, but there are aficionados there's apparently this guy named scott adkins who does a lot of directed video action movies i haven't i have not had a chance to dive in with this guy yet but uh film twitter seems to be very into him and and i have a friend who is a total scott adkins freak and there's like stories of like the directed video universal soldier sequels mm-hmm. are supposed to be quite interesting um so this isn't and this is new to me this and so i i'm just taking wild swings but i'm interested here in kind of are there some you know uncut gems huh? in this you know and not not referring to that movie but just kind of the idea of like oh you know can we polish a diamond yeah. and see if oh, there's right, something right. you is know it, yeah. is, is, this... the, is the gallo walkers or the contractor <laughs> <laughs> pretty dope <laughs> Who uh, knows? That'd be so, that's my biggest dream like i sincerely hope that uh hard luck is actually yeah. like a an amazing well he plays movie. the titular character lucky oh. in that film okay, um there we go hey Marvin yeah. peoples new York yeah. city so who knows yeah. the possibilities there that these could be inexpensive but pretty cool movies like you know, the same vein that we're always dig- trying to dig through the 1980s to try and find horror movies you haven't heard of or action movies you haven't heard of. Perhaps this era has those too. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. That'd be I wonderful. That. You know, and, but yeah, I mean, he was not, fe- he followed Seagal pretty fast into the kind of the realm of the early Bulgaria um, action. You know what? Direct to video. I'm just glad he didn't follow the path of Seagal and become friends with like, like another, like another random, like dictate. Like I'm, I'm so glad that Wesley Snipes isn't like hanging out with like Duterte or something. Well, I think the other thing, well, <laughs> there was the story here. Um, <laughs> oh no. Did I speak too soon? Well, no. Um, so I don't. <sighs> so in 2000, his business was investigated for alleged ties to the United Nuwambian Nation of Moors. Whoa. New religious movement founded and led by Dwight York, also known as Malachi Z. Um, they were, uh, looks like it was, um, he originally was part, this guy York founded several black Muslim groups in the 60s, but he changed his teaching and the names of his groups many times, incorpor- incorporating concept of Judaism, Christianity, UFO religions, New Age, and other esoteric beliefs. See, like... Oh, and then um, adherence declined steeply after York was convicted of numerous counts of child molestation Ah! as well as racketeering and financial reporting violations. He was sentenced to 135 years in federal prison in April of 2004. Oh, God! Um, So, (laughs) I guess... Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to learn about. <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, yeah, Meryl Streep has not lived this kind of life. This no. Is, um, this is a man who's done a, a lot of crazy shit. They they say he was tied, but I guess didn't really. But it's, it, regar- regardless, it's, yeah. 
Streep has not done that, but who cares? Like, let's get into it here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's, but it, it's, yeah, I mean, definitely he has not had the, even Pacino, you know, had this. Pacino and Streep are so estab- established pillars, that kind of thing. And we wanted to do someone this season who we thought was just as cool, just as good, mm-hmm. but perhaps did not have the career stability that they did so we're talking snipes uh this is i'm excited yeah i think so let's get into what we're talking about with the bracket here now and folks let us know via email patrick what's that email address again the academy academy podcast at gmail.com let us know if we missed anything here uh snipes does not have these like Dog Day Afternoon, Sophie's Choice, obvious pillars mm. in the same way. Because Snipes has not been nominated for an Academy Award, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, we don't have, so we have, we have divided this up into four very specific regions of Snipes filmography. Let us know if we want to hear about any other films. We're obviously going to be doing bonus episodes and taking a look at other things as we go along. Mm-hmm. But so... The first region, sports. Ooh, batter up. Batter up. Hey, there's there's a sports term. Um, next very week to lead off the season, we have major league versus the fan. Two baseball pictures. Mm. Um, like I mentioned before, major league huge in my household. The fan, directed by um, the king Tony Scott. Yep. Co-starring Robert De Niro. Um, looking forward. I've seen that once. Looking forward to seeing it again. I'm excited. Uh, I've never seen. I've never seen either of those movies. Major League is, um, you know, classic sports movie. On the other side of the bracket, we're looking at White Men Can't Jump, one of the um, key movies in the 1990s. He and Woody Harrelson. Uh, they're they uh, great chemistry. Rosie Perez, good in that as well. Directed by Ron Shelton, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. Uh, versus Undisputed, a boxing movie I have never seen, but directed by the great Walter Hill. So I think um, that could be a gem. There's a potential for a shakeup here because I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, white men can't jump. That's a strong contender, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be one of the ones that, that at least initially I thought can go forward. But Walter Hill, like he he's good. Like I mm-hmm. think he, he could he could shake things up potentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah, I'm excited for all those films. Um Next region up is another side of Snipes. Ooh. And then we, we mentioned earlier, he's a, he's an incredibly versatile actor. So leading this one off is a hot matchup, hot. Ooh. Uh, Vegas is uh, all over this one. Oh, yeah. To Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, versus Dolomite is my name. Oh, Whoa. my goodness. What like, have we done? What have we done? Holy cow. If you thought the Godfather versus Godfather 2 was tough. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, this one is fun. I have not seen Tu Wong Fu since it came out. Uh, one course co-stars John Leguizamo and the great Patrick Swayze. Ooh, the Swayze. Uh, big Patrick Swayze fan. And Dolomite is my name. We've mentioned right. brief. We've mentioned a few times already uh, today. A great recent movie. That's like uh, another. Yeah, that's another one that could like because like Wong Fu. It seems like this is a strong. This is a strong contender. But then Dolomite mm-hmm. could be a, bla- a, a a dark horse. It could yep. happen. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then the other side of this bracket, oh, hot matchup. Mm. How about this? 
Blade versus Blade 2. Mm. Right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Now, I have never seen Blade 2. You've never seen Blade. Yep, I've seen Blade 2, though. Yep. And uh, Guillermo del Toro Ooh, directed yeah. Blade 2. So I, I'm absolutely looking for that. I'm a Guillermo oh, yeah. del Toro fan. And um, I haven't seen Blade in a long time. Steven Dorff, who I'm a fan of, is the villain in that. Yep. Ron, um, Ron Perlman plays a surly vampire in Blade 2, and it's great. And uh, Chris Christopherson, who's Whistler, <laughs> my friend Blade. Get ready. Get ready for that impersonation because it's coming. <laughs> my, my normal name is Abraham Whistler. <laughs> I'm a normal guy. My best friend is Blade. He's a vampire. <laughs> Oh, I love that guy. I love yeah. Whistler. Yeah. So get ready for that. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> for that, though. That's going to be such a fun time. Our first kind of superhero mm-hmm. type films, I think, oh, we've yeah. covered on the show. Yep. Um, they should just uh, revert the Marvel universe just to the Blade movies. <laughs> That would be that should be that should be a phase four is they destroy every universe and it's just the Wesley Snipes Blade films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that there's some people on film Twitter who would uh, prefer that too. Um, next region, exciting crime. Mm. Now Wesley has been on both sides of the law Ooh. a few times throughout his career. Yeah. Uh, here's a few. Uh, that we'll be covering here. Uh, first round matchup, New Jack City versus Sugar Hill, where he plays a crime lord in both films, if I'm not mistaken. I, mm-hmm. I'm not too familiar with Sugar Hill. New Jack City, obviously, a key movie yeah. of the era. I believe Sugar Hill is part of, uh, oh, just doing this off of the memory, but it's like Barry, Barry Michael Cooper's Harlem trilogy. Oh. Is that like a thing that makes sense? Let me look that up. Let me. Yeah, that does make sense. Yep. And uh, uh, yeah, and he plays. Um, oh, and then New Jack City is in it as well. Oh, written by. Oh, yes, of course. And then Above the Rim, the wow. uh, Tupac basketball film. So, lot to like there. I'm excited to see Sugar Hill. I've never seen it. I've never New seen Jack that City. Uh, you know, it's been a very long time for that one. That Same was here. a very talked about film, though. In my middle, in middle school, very popular. <laughs> um, and the other side is uh, Boiling Point mm. versus Demolition Man. Ooh. That's I'm excited for that one too. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, all right, if I'm not mistaken, Boiling Point uh, co-stars Dennis Hopper, Ooh. who I love, and Laleen is back. Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my diaper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kids, my dick don't work. <laughs> my dick don't work. I got a diaper. <laughs> got a diaper. Oh, folks, you love it. These are fun movies. Yeah. Like, if you haven't already, like, you know, God bless the French lieutenant's woman. Yeah. You know, but we're having fun. Yeah, we're having is, fun this time around. God yeah. bless starting over. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. No. God. God bless. Uh, scent of a woman. But yeah. like, we're 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 just. This is this is gonna be just fun. This is gonna be. I feel like none of these are gonna be slogs at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. I think these are all. And um, Wesley doing us a favor by rarely going over 120 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would love to see a scent of a woman, a like a two hour, two and a half hour Wesley Snipes scent of a woman remake where it's also an action film and he's somehow like he's like Daredevil. He like fights even yeah. though he's blind. 
Yeah, he would just still do like he would spin kick James Rebhorn at the end. <laughs> I'm just getting started. Everyone in the school cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Drop kicks Phil Hoffman. <laughs> You're now the dean of the school. <laughs> yeah. We can't stop you. Becomes a becomes a ninja academy. Yeah, yeah, they're no longer going to Harvard. You're just getting black belts. Yeah, this is the origin of Robin. Yep. <laughs> uh but that's gonna be that's gonna be super fun um and then the final region is leading man so we have two um to start off to um airplane centric films <laughs> passenger 57 <laughs> drop zone um, <laughs> passenger 57 um arguably and we'll see kind of his signature action hero performance yes I would say if the, it's like the most, uh, I feel like this is like the movie people think about the most besides uh, Blade. Yeah. I would or say White so. Man Chan Jump. Those are kind of yeah. like big three. Yeah. So we'll see if Passenger 57 can take the entire, um, entire tournament. Um, on the other side, though, this is an intriguing matchup. Uh, and yeah. I think um, this could be. This is maybe the episode I'm looking most forward to in the first round. Jungle Fever versus One Night Stand. Uh, we're getting away from genre, getting away from comedy, and doing a couple serious heavy lifting drama films to close out the leading man. And either of these could win the entire thing. He won the best actor at the Venice Film Festival for One Night Stand. Jungle Fever, a um, key performance as well. You know, Spike Lee. I am so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I've never seen One Night Stand. Yeah, either. I'm genuinely curious because uh, Mike Figgis uh, directed One Night Stand, and he did. Um, I used to love for a long time. I used to say one of my favorite movies was Leaving Las Vegas. Like I loved that movie. But then I watched it recently for another friend's uh, podcast. They had a Nicolas Cage podcast, uh, and uh, that movie is uh, it's just insanely. I forgot how insanely grim. <laughs> that film is like and how like there's some truly disturbing moments in that film like there's like some scenes that are like whoa they really go places that people will not go to nowadays sometimes for good reason and I'd, i'm curious to see what mike uh, does with wesley snipes in this movie and i'm also when you brought up the volpe cup like the the he won like best actor at venice film festival that's fascinating to me i want to and, and i wonder if this is like a film maybe that plays in I wonder if this is like a big film in Italy or something. I'm I'm curious. Hmm. Yeah. No. I'm I'm. You know. I'm looking at it. Only thirty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, not. And a commercial failure. Um. Vegas in ninety nine says I still don't quite know what happened with One Night Stand. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? This was his follow up to Leaving Las Vegas. Wow. As well. So we will get to know that um soon enough. I, I have a feeling that's the one that's like not streaming that we have to do our like oh yeah hunt it down going, um, yeah, going on letterbox i'm just looking at the initial some of the reviews the most popular reviews are not charitable so i am curious <laughs> we'll see yeah but i mean obviously um you know king of new york sticks out we'll be doing a special watch on that one oh, we got as to. a bonus mo better blues the water dance yep uh, there's a, so there's a few that we're not hitting 
Yes. Here, um, but we'll try and fit some of those in and some bonus apps as we go along. Do you have um? You have a you have a early pick. And what do you okay. think is going to win this thing? Sight okay. unseen. Mm, okay. Uh, my early prediction is going to be, I think I'm 0 for 2 at this point. <laughs> uh, so we're going to say, hmm, what is, uh, do I want to go with the safe one or do I want to do a classic crazy? Because I don't think it's going to, I love Demolition Man. Don't think it's going to be Demolition Man. Hmm. I am going to say, New Jack City. New Jack City. That's a good guess. Good guess. New Jack City. Boy. It's hard. It's hard. Now I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm going to guess Jungle Fever. Yeah, that's like that's like the traditional. That might be the one. That might be the one. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, this yeah. is, um, you know, we don't have, like I said, we don't have a Sophie's Choice here. Yeah, there's no like there isn't like a Wesley Snipes performance that has been crowned like this is like beyond I guess Blade. But Blade isn't like you know it's an action film. It's not like you know there's no like at least in Blade Two there isn't like a moment where it's like oh man he's clearly like you know fire you know he's not like it's not like um doesn't have like that wow moment that you know they show at like the Academy Awards or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm. I'm... I'm curious here where this is all going to go with this tournament, but I think it's any it's anyone's game. Yeah, any I'm, Snipes game. <laughs> I'm, I'm truly like uh, I like this. I, this is going to be really fun because, like, yeah, we don't know where this bracket's going to go at all. Like, yeah, no, I agree. And we've got um, we have some terrific guests yes. lined up. We're bringing guests back yeah. <laughs> on the show. Um, some returning favorites, some new friends. To kind of dig in here over the course of, I mean, knowing us, it could be six months. Who knows? <laughs> As we kind of dig into the career of Wesley Trent Snipes. Um, yeah, I'm excited. These are, I have not seen many, outside of Dolomite is my name. I have not seen very many of these movies recently. Maybe King of New York. I've seen it fairly recently. But, yeah, uh, uh, only King of New York for me. That's the only recent of these films. I haven't seen uh, Blade 2 in a long time. Uh, you know, D- Demolition Man I watched recently. I actually take mm-hmm. it back. I did watch, and that was like super fun. Like, I watched that with my family, and it's like, yeah, this is one of these great 90s films that is um, simultaneously like it's goofy, but they also put so much care into crafting a world, and the scope of it is so much. It's, it's like no film would. Uh, make something so goofy of that scale nowadays which is a bummer to me because it's like i don't know it's fun that they have this insane world where like everyone's favorite song is like a fucking commercial jingle that's so funny let's <laughs> yeah it's it's very high concept i remember when it was you know on its way coming out it was like boy 93 i was 11 Perfect. So yeah, yeah, we saw the previews to it on MTV, and we were just like, "Oh my God, Stallone, Snipes, <laughs> this this looks like it's gonna be pretty damn good." And I remember most of my friends, oddly enough, when it came out, I think it's like gained in esteem since, mm-hmm. and it kind of people recognizing its silliness. But I do remember, like ninety three, ninety four, when it came out, kind of a muted response among my friend group. We were just like, "Oh, that wasn't as cool as I thought it was gonna be." 
but so I'm excited to revisit it because I haven't seen it in probably 10 years. Yeah, no, it's definitely like a film that like it's one of those things where I guess like when you, as I get older, I appreciate things that don't like fit a specific mold. And I think Demolition Man is like a perfect example of a film that is like truly like, uh, you know, it's, it's moving to the beat of its own drum, so to speak. It's very like uh, uh, it is very uh, specific in a weird, unique way that um, that rings, um, and that's interesting now because so many films are just like the same gray bullshit. I don't know. I know. Well, in the 80s and 90s, if you got Stallone, if you got Snipes, mm-hmm. it didn't really, they, the studio was kind of, the studios were kind of like, we got them, people will come. So <laughs> weird stuff could slip through the cracks these days everything is so like finely tuned and polished that when something weird or something off kilter comes out it's like oh my gosh that's so cool that that came out Uh, you know and usually it's just like the handful of like oscar movies every year i mean the thing about the marvel movies like they're obviously they're well crafted everything is like correct Mm -hmm. in them but the issue is is that they're so clean they become safe yeah that's the i miss those imperfections like yeah exactly yeah it's like he's like what the fuck choices yeah. like why did you do that what's up with this guy yeah well, that's I, a weird performance why is glenn shaddock's always wearing a kimono it's insane <laughs> yeah it's just like they just like the like oversight just wasn't there in the same vein yeah and, uh. and while they might not be as technically quote-unquote good yeah they're better like we i mentioned this over christmas break we were listening to the doors <laughs> and i told i told my dad i'm like they're not a good band but they are a great band if that makes any sense it's like it's like this isn't good but at the same time i love it and it's great well (laughs) it's also like you realize too that like uh it's like the way that films were made are comparable to kind of like i feel like uh the older you know older generations like you know i i think about my grandparents right my grandma she would tell me stories about when she was a kid when she was like six or seven her parents would be like you know, she lived in Chicago. She grew up in Chicago, and her parents would be like, "Just go, go outside, see it like six p.m." Yeah, and they would like pretend to be like orphans and shit like that, and like just do insane, ridiculous things with no parental supervision. Mm-hmm. And I think that like uh, that element of society has gone away on a macro scale. And it's like the same thing with like, yeah, nobody was, you know. <laughs> Has someone told Marco Brambilla or whatever, like, uh, "Hey, make this movie. We'll be back in a bit." Yeah, and it's like some insane, like Joe Eskerhouse coke fueled idea could just be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and 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 uh, we've lost. Yeah, uh, uh, perhaps you know, perhaps we have more clarity now in vision, but we've lost that uh, that character, that character, that edge. Well, it's like you know, movies. There's ups and downs to it. Because obviously in this era, there was also tyrannical evil behavior that led to all this craziness that no one could stop them from, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. True, true goblins, like true horrid beings. 
yeah and so it's like souls yeah like i guess like the the optimal utopian future would be nice insane people yeah without with like with like 75 percent oversight with an extra 25 percent do whatever you feel like i think it's like if you could like um i think it's just but that's utopian yeah that is 100 percent utopian uh and it's a bummer yeah and it is like if you could just like oversight where it matters where it's like people's lives like that's like the thing is like oversight is important to ensure people are safe and things are run proper like you know stuff is getting done like i think that oversight is 100 percent important uh creative maybe maybe this is the algorithm and kind of the yeah tech tech coming into play like but i i do believe that people they're not the lemmings that the tech companies and frankly a lot of hollywood mm-hmm. would think they are i think that if presented with something challenging people will, people can appropriately react whether they yeah. like it or not it doesn't matter people liked and disliked things you know yes forever i mean since beowulf or whatever but um i think people need to be given the option mm-hmm. of being challenged and if it offends them or if it's not to their sensibility, like the kind of, it shouldn't be as homogenized. Yes. I think everything, the NFTing of art is like a real, where like everything just be, kind of comes a node for profit. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to like, you know, maximize. That's why Spider-Man had so many moments that were like designed to make the audience clap. Like it is mm-hmm. just like, yeah, like, and we need to like, uh, you can have profit, but try to, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there used to be a thing in Hollywood called the sleeper success, where it was like a movie that was like mid-range to lower budget that, you know, like the last ones I can remember were like Little Miss Sunshine or Juno or or something like that. The Hangover would be a great example too, where kind of something comes out of nowhere and becomes a sensation. They're not allowing, like Squid Game actually would be, an online version because I have I guarantee Netflix never considered that Squid Game would be their most popular um you know Red Notice was designed to be their most popular thing oh yeah ever. totally yeah that was totally like uh designed in a lab by like, yeah yeah <laughs> like a hundred percent I'm with you well mm-hmm. it's, yeah well and I think the thing too is like you know uh people don't like to gamble yeah <laughs> oh, and, and, and it's getting harder and harder but I mean you watch yeah. you know you watch something like Squid Game and you say to yourself like so why did this, like, this is something an algorithm can't answer, I don't think, is why did this particular story right now in this moment draw so many people in and, you know, become such an obsession? You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't like anyone knows, but that's cool. Exactly. You know, you know why in this, you know, and it's like a magical combination. It's like nobody thought speed was going to be like a sensational, gigantic hit. You know, Keanu Reeves had not proven himself outside of Point Break to be a major action star. Sandra Bullock was an unknown. Dennis Hopper was an ex-junkie. And, but it was like the magic of this combination in this moment. Like, why was, you know, Tarantino would be the first to tell you. It's like, he doesn't know why Pulp Fiction struck a chord in 1994. Right. No, it's like that's that's like that that uh, wild serendipity. 
yeah. makes what keeps uh, entertainment interesting. Like having these unexpected and then people responding to that because like because as a result of Pulp Fiction you have all these people trying to follow that dragon some doing so some not and then some people creating wildly like you know like is there like a swingers without Pulp Fiction for example yeah Yeah, like you know what I mean like it's an interesting it's so uh there's there there needs to and who knows I mean some people would probably argue that like just all that is moved to TikTok or whatever and maybe I'm old and yep. I just don't get it. Um, probably the case, but I don't know. I think it's need to be. It's need to be taken aback. It's need to have to wrestle with something. It's need to take chances and stuff like that. And I'm hoping. You know, I mean, we talked about our love of King New York. Going yeah. back to Wesley Snipes, I mean, there's a movie right there. It's, you know, takes wild swings. Totally ludicrous, which in the yeah. best way, yeah. In the best way, and there should be more like. I think like the like even like going back to the Matrix Resurrections, at the very least, the Matrix Resurrections is like weird and trying things. Yes. Like I don't think it's gonna satisfy the people who are obsessed with the Matrix no. at all. No. The people who take it like deathly serious. Oh yeah, Matrix. Yeah. Well they like oh my god, like the first like half hour of the movie is totally like taking that apart. Yep. Yeah, which is, which is great. Like I love that. Yeah, and so I guess I'm hoping that diving into some, we're 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 doing pretty heavy '90s the next few months, and hopefully we'll be seeing some stuff that's a little rough around the edges, but also just thrilling and fun and entertaining and just kind of a good night at the movies. Yeah, like it's like man, it's like get your uh, God, uh, you know what? I was gonna say something about it's the '90s again, but I don't want to be that like I love the '90s guy. No, uh, no. Hey, I don't wait, is this Michael Ian Black? <laughs> oh, what the hell? Am I yeah. freaking Paul F. Tompkins all of a sudden? Yeah, no. Yeah, if we had Paul F. Tompkins, we'd probably have a lot more listeners. <laughs> oh, 100. percent Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, de- definitely funnier and smarter than us. <laughs> uh, a pod, uh, podcast legend. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, Pod F. Tompkins. Uh, was it Pod F. Tompkins? Tomcast? Which is very, very, very funny. Very oh, funny yeah. title. But yeah, so we're we're diving in here. We got great guests. We got a great uh, great subject to talk about. Hopefully we'll talk more about the IRS, weird cults, <laughs> uh, martial arts. <laughs> um, down the line. I think we're we got a lot of interesting things to discuss here. Um, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to it this season we've been we've you know peeked behind the podcast curtain we've been talking about this for a long time (laughs) he's 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 but he was chosen oh yeah seven months ago (laughs) it's been a long time coming and i've been really wanting to we've been really wanting to release this info for a while now (laughs) yeah no and i've been staring at stuff on hbo max and amazon like passenger 57 like i want to watch that <laughs> it's time i've been holding back man I, I'm, I'm stoked for this you know we'll see we'll see how this all goes but yeah i mean you know next week diving in headlong with baseball double feature major league and the fan uh, we got a cool guest uh, audience favorite i think perhaps. oh yes yeah. um but well that'll be revealed next week in the title of the show when you again Yep. Don't take your kids to school because you're yeah. diving in with the Academy Academy. You're taking your kids to school. You're not feeding your ferret. You know, you're 
you're you're listening you are you are enamored by the pod and your you wife stop. has gone out for a pack of cigarettes and not returned because you're so inattentive yeah just <laughs> leaving all of her bottles of wine her empty bottles of wine strewn across your your apartment howard howard first you didn't get the anakin a toy then you didn't get me a christmas present and i was okay with that but listening to the academy academy and no longer like you, you just told the podcast that's your number one customer. That's not good, Howard. I'm with Martin Mole now. Yeah, yeah, not even Phil Hartman. I went no, to Martin Mole. I went to Martin Mole. Yeah, I called that cop on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're now going to jail. Oh, uh, we've been pilled. I did. I tell you, I saw the second half of Jingle All the Way over oh Christmas God. at really? my in-laws. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're Jingle pilled. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it's a rough ass movie, man. I love. I'm like. We've been, we've been uh, poisoned by Jingle Ball. I love it. I'm oh. feed me more poison. Yeah. <laughs> Let it uh, fill my veins. But hope you, I we 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 hope the listeners and everybody stoked as we are for this uh, this upcoming season. And uh, before we head out, though, I wanted to say um, this past week. A filmmaker passed away who by the name of John Mark Valley, who you probably know from uh, Wild and uh, Dallas Buyers Club and Big Little Lies and Sharp Objects. Uh, we just want to give him a you know, big shout out. Yes. Uh, we're fans of his. Um, I did not know him personally, but I do know people who did. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, he was every story I've heard, he was as kind, and generous, and just a good guy um uh, you know as you could ask for you know, someone in this position i mean we we're just talking about monsters in power mm. he was not one of them uh, it's nice it's refreshing when someone with that um level of responsibility is uh not a jerk <laughs> yeah and um you know by the people i know who knew him uh, you know they they loved him dearly and you know thinking about his family and friends in this time it's 58 is way too soon for someone to pass away and um someone with a lot you know going for them both in their personal life and professional life and you know it's just very very sad and you know this will be a wonderful opportunity to take a look at either you know long-term favorites if you're a sharp objects fan or wild fan or um digging deeper deep, deeper into his catalog with movies like Cafe de Floor or even Demolition. You know, great, great filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, it's a real, real sad loss. Mm-hmm. Um, not just as movie fans, but, you know, just as people. So, you know, we're, uh, go celebrate his career and then, uh, you know, get ready and watch two Wesley Snipes baseball movies. Yes! <laughs> and yeah so there we go next week again major league the fan and we're diving in here and boy i'm excited to uh get started again same here i'm back to our roots back to our roots and you know send us an email drop us a line on twitter if you're like we wanted more um corduroy blazers or if you are ready for some uh, martial arts and some, uh, you know, <laughs> airplane-centric action films, you know, send us send us words of praise. Yeah, please, you know, please, tell please, us, 
Tell us you guys are the best. Yeah. You don't need Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> yeah, you don't need yeah. You don't need Paul F. Tompkins. Hell, you don't even need Scott Ackerman. Yeah, I know. You know. No, you do. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> you do. They're they're, they're great. They're 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 all terrific. So yeah. um we'll see you next week. This is exciting. Awesome. Uh are you my third? Say that this is